just with just so many announcements, I also forgot to share that we also are excited about our mission project um, coming up uh, in July, which is the 16th to the 22nd, also going to Kentucky. Um, if anyone here is looking for more opportunities to serve the Lord this summer, this will be a great opportunity to go and uh, help repair homes uh, through just a lot of tornado damage. Um, but it's just gonna be a wonderful opportunity. And, and honestly, God has blessed it a lot that we just right now are just welcome to take anyone even that uh, it's being provided the, the, the place to stay and also the food for the whole week. So costs are very, very minimal. We'd love for you to come and be a part of that. And that will be uh, July 16th through the 22nd. And uh, just again, also to continue to keep uh, our nation in your, in your prayers, but also to praise God for the, the turnover of the, uh, Roe versus Wade. So just praising God for, uh, for life and what God is doing uh, in our nation. So, uh, but if you have your Bibles this morning, we're going to be in 1 Peter chapter 3. We're going to be starting in verse 8. Uh, you can find that right after, 1 Peter is right after the book of James. But again, that will be 1 Peter chapter 3, starting in verse 8. If this is your first time joining us, uh, or maybe you've been on vacation last week or two, uh, Pastor John's been taking us through a wonderful series um, titled um, Reset. And um, it's uh, truly, it's, uh, I'm sorry, I totally forgot to bring out my notes. Um, uh, Reset um, is reminding us to come back to that uh, the focus of, of our relationship through Christ. And uh, it's just been a wonderful series. And honestly, when every time I think of the word reset, it reminds me of how I often have to reset my uh, Wi-Fi router uh, at home. We actually have a, uh, a wonderful smart TV in our um, bedroom, but uh, the truth is, for, uh, for some reason, uh, it doesn't always connect, it doesn't always work. And we found that it's this the, the, the fix is resetting uh, our router. If any of you have devices that maybe you've ever noticed that ever start to boggle down or slow down, um, maybe you've had a technician kind of tell you one of the first things is have you tried restarting the computer or restarting the device? Um, the reason why is we call that a soft reset. Uh, if you're tech savvy, that's a soft reset. And it's what it does is actually um, your computer or device, even your phone, every time it, it has data build up into it, and that data could be just temporary data, but it still builds up. Or if you open many apps, it begins to, to collect all of this data, and even though it's temporary, it still holds on to it, and so it can boggle the system down. It's, it's very similar as if you had a clutter house, or, or have you ever had your room just, uh, just completely cluttered, or an office? Um, you, it's a world of difference, right, when you clean it up. When, it, when you organize everything, you go back into it. It's just, it's just freeing it, it, when it's organized. Well, the same thing, when you do a soft reset, when you restart your computer or restart your phone, it actually clears the memory and uh, a lot of the temporary files, which allows it to, to run more smoother. In the same way, as a believer, we're easily distracted. We easily have things that can clutter up in our lives and can, can have us lose focus or we're too slow to react. Did you know that you have opportunities every day to follow after God, to be his light, his hands and feet in this dark world, this broken world? But the truth is, it's so easy that we get caught with clutter and easily get distracted and we miss those opportunities. So 1 Peter chapter 3, 
is reminding us to turn our focus on Christ. So here we are. This is Peter who wrote this, the disciple of Christ, apostle of Christ. In chapter 3, we're going to be starting in verse 8. And he says, finally, all of you. Let's stop even right there. Who is he speaking to? Who's Peter's audience? All of us. He is talking to everyone. He says, be like-minded. Be sympathetic. Love one another. Be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with a blessing. I'll say that again. On contrary, return evil with a blessing. Because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. You were called. Our speaker this week at camp was amazing. Um, but one of, one of his quotes, I could say, that has just kind of been meditating on me, is he says, to follow Christ is a life worth living. But to follow Christ is an action. To choose to follow God is not just saying it, it's doing it. And the truth is, is if you have been saved and have chosen to follow God, God says you are called. Today, you and I are called to be his hands and feet, to be his love. And sometimes we don't, we don't think about that action because the truth is, is sadly, we live in a fallen, broken world. And so when someone hurts us, guess what? We want to hurt them back, right? They hurt us. They should be punished. It's not fair. If someone's done evil to me, guess what? That's what I want to do back to them. If, if someone's insulted me, then I want to insult them back. But right here, Peter is stressing that actually God has called us to more than that. God has actually called us to bless them instead of repay with evil. That you and I are called. Camp last year, last year was awesome. And we took a large group of students going. I think we took 16 Awesome, awesome week of multiple leaders. Um, but we also took, with all that many students, lots of snacks. And I got I to gotta stress with you, when I say we brought lots of snacks, can you understand that some people eat to live, I live to eat, I love food. I can eat, eat out the fridge, your whole fridge, I can eat out your whole pantry. I love food. And so when I say a teen boy can eat, he can eat a lot. And so when I say we brought a lot of food, we brought so much food that I believe that it would have fed our entire dorm of 16 guys, it would have fed all of them for three days. That's how much food we took. But on the first day, on the first day of camp, I had one of my boys come up to me and said, James, someone's stolen some of my food and drinks. I, I thought this was going to be a Christian camp. Can I go home? I don't even want to be here. I heard this on the first day. And the truth is, is, is uh, you know, just because it's a you know, Christian camp does not mean that everyone is Christian. 
But right away, of course, as leader, we have a, a powwow. We, I invited all of the students of, of our cabin, got them all together, and I shared with them that stealing is wrong, that it's a sin, and that we have plenty of food, but we will not tolerate any stealing. And I, I encourage them, whoever did take, to return the food. But I also said, we have so much food that we don't mind sharing. If you just even ask, we have no problem giving, but please do not take what is not yours. Day two. Pastor James, they didn't just take one candy, they took all my candy. They didn't just take one soda, they took all of them. James, I can't find any of my Gatorades. Day three, same thing. It was rough. A lot of my boys were upset because, you know, it's, it's not a need. But you ever had something you wanted and it was taken from you? You know, there's times things are taken and we don't care as much about. And so we, we, we think it's trivial, it's okay. But when it's something you want, that you planned on, you're excited for, and it's taken, you're upset, you're hurt. And... Uh, we went the entire week without finding out who it was. And this is not just a little bit of food. It was a lot of food. Unfortunately, um, we came back not finding out who it was. And, uh, but we, every uh, last summer, we had someone open their pool to us uh, for on Wednesdays for us to come together, have our Bible studies. And, um, and so actually this summer, if anybody knows anybody or will, willing to open up their pool, we would graciously appreciate it. But we came back after camp that Wednesday um, and we're all swimming in the pool and I get a phone call. And uh, it was actually about, they found out who it was that stole our food. I got a call, it was during that, that evening at our, uh, while we're playing in the pool and uh, shared, it was sadly uh, a gentleman that actually had to go home the last day of camp. And when I mean the last day, that we tried everything we possibly could do to encourage him to stay, to, to be of good behavior. We tried everything. We, it was one of those things that we practically begged him because of just what God was doing. We wanted him to be a part of it. But the truth was, is that he, it was an unhealthy situation and, and ultimately he had to go home a day early. Missed the night service. But we found out it was him that stole all the food. His mom called and found out that his entire bag was full of all those sodas and Gatorades and chips and candy. And that Wednesday night, when I shared this with the teens, I saw God working. I saw their hearts. Because as I was sharing this with them, that the reason why I took it, that when I found out about the mother, that this is stuff that they don't normally have in the house, that they normally don't have any food in the house, much less something like Gatorade or, or snacks. And so I was in the presence, even in that moment, seeing God working in our our students where many of them said, let's pray for them. And others said, can we send them food? God does not desire us to repay evil for evil, but bless people. God has called us to be a people of action. He says here in verse 10, 
Oh, I'm sorry. He calls us to be a people of action that we are called. Actually, I want to go back to uh, the, the verse up there. It's actually, this is going back to chapter one. Pastor John ended on this on our first week of, the, of this series. And it's First um, Peter chapter one, verses 15 and 16. And this is, I love this passage. And it, it says, but just as he called you is holy, so be holy in all that you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. I can't stress this enough. We are called. That we are called to something greater than ourselves. God desires us to be holy. I know sometimes when we hear the word holy, we feel like that's our end goal. It's far off. It's something we cannot reach. That it's something that is beyond us. That that actually that's our end goal. When we pass away and we're with God, then we're holy. But did you catch fifth? Verse 15 or even 16, he says, be holy because I am holy. If I, a holy God, am with you, then you too to be holy. God desires for you to be sanctified. I remember when I was in college and the first time I really heard that word, sanctification, to be sanctified. I remember, I remember my professor asking us, does it mean being holy in an instant or does it mean in a process? He actually like asked us. He asked us to raise our hands. He said, does sanctify mean to be holy in that moment? Or is it a process? And after we all raised our hands, he said it's both. That you see God in the moment, the moment we are saved through Christ. It says that we are filled with the Holy Spirit. God creates in us a new heart. We are no longer the same person. That when we are saved, that we are made holy, that we are no longer have that sin in our life. It says that God throws the sin as far as the east is to the west, that we are no longer, I'm no longer the same James that I was because now I'm a James through Christ. And so I want you to understand something here that God is saying that I want you to be a holy people. I'm calling you to not be a part of this world, to be set apart. Yes, it is a broken, dark world. But you are my people. You are holy because I am holy. And God, in this moment, right now, if you choose to follow me, I will make you holy. But you know what? It's also a process. Even in James chapter 1, it talks about that through trials will be made mature and complete through them. That, guys, it is a process of constant. As we walk in step with God, we're also going to see areas in our life that we haven't fully surrendered to him. And so it's constantly growing in him, becoming holier. That God desires us to live holy. And so you and I are called to be holy people of God. Verse 10 even uh, reminds us to go even a little bit further. He says, verse 10, he brings up, this is actually, he's quoting Psalms 34. But he says, whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from being deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. You see, Peter and the psalmist, the psalms were songs sang to remind us of God's power, of his 
greatness of his promises. The, all those psalms were reminding us and for a time where people would sing of all what God has done, what he is doing, what he's going to continue to do. And so they sang this. And so he's reminding them, remember this song. That God listens to your prayers. He's attentive to those who pray. See, we, our God is not just holy. He loves you and me. He looks forward to those opportunities, those moments that we want to talk to him. God looks forward to those moments. But you see, Peter and the psalmist is also saying, God is also listening to what you say to your neighbor. God is also listening to what you say to others. God is ultimately saying what you say, whether to him or to others, matter. What you say matters. You are called to be holy. And what you say can change situations, can change relationships, to be honest, when someone insults us, guess what we want to do? We want to defend ourselves. We want to, we want to instead maybe speak poorly of them. But you know what God desires? is for us to go the extra mile. God actually desires us to encourage, to edify, to lift up. God wants us to speak life in situations, not death. God has called us to be a holy people, to be people of action. And he's saying... Don't remember, he's taking this to a whole other level. He says, it's not just do I want you to follow me and to be a holy people, that what you say matters. I'm telling you that following Jesus is a life worth living. He says here, in verse 13, he says, Who is going to harm you, even if you're eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not be frightened at their threats. Do not be frightened, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. My, uh, my sister came down to visit when um, Kaladin was born. Uh, I can't believe he's already over two weeks old this last Thursday. I can't just uh, seeing him grow. Thank you for your prayers and support, but I can't stress this. My sister came down to, to be a part, to be with us at the time of the birth and to help out. And uh, my sister is amazing. She does not seek any attention at all. My sister's amazing. She was actually sharing that at one point she went to the Dollar General right here in Gardendale just to get a couple things. But as she was there, she was in line behind someone who was taking a long time. That she noticed that it was two ladies and they were putting tons of stuff on the conveyor belt and lots of stuff. But then she realized they were just holding one bill, a $100 bill. And as they put things on the conveyor belt, she saw their faces change to fear. They started getting worried that she started seeing them look at things and start deciding, putting stuff back in the cart. She could see that they were upset. And my sister said, 
can I pay? Can I pay for your, your things? Now, of course, they, of course, they said, no, thank you, but no, we're good. But it reads on here. It says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks for the reason that the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Do this in gentleness and respect. Even though they said, no, thank you, my sister still said, I don't mind. Did you catch before that the verses that says that even if it's to suffer for Christ, that my sister probably wasn't planning those expenses, that she might have suffered financially in some way, but she saw an opportunity Not for any intention for herself, no desire out of that, but she saw someone that was hurting in this broken world that had a need. And my sister said, I'll take care of it. And she paid for them. And you know what she she said as she heard those women were leaving? That God answered our prayers. We are called. We are called to be a holy people, to go beyond And can I tell you that my sister could have very easily been like, man, this is taking forever. She could have been upset that how long they were taking that to hurry up. Have we ever been that way? I have. That we've been so distracted, that we're so cluttered up, that thinking about the next thing, that we're not focused in the moment and miss opportunities where we can be God's love. It says... But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. I looked up the meaning of revere, and it means to be devoted to, to deeply respect, to admire. To be so devoted to God that even though we see the brokenness in this world, we get caught up with distractions, instead we focus on the things of God. We're actually looking around us for opportunities to be His people. It's hard. I'm easily distracted. How many apps are on my phone, notifications? And it's not just that. There's relationships. There's things I have to plan for tomorrow, the next day. We easily can be distracted and miss opportunities that God has right before us. Every day. I'm ashamed to say it. A little while back, I missed an awesome opportunity. I was actually at the hospital visiting I was going up the elevator to go visit someone at the hospital. And um, while I was in the elevator, I was, I was thinking about that. I was probably thinking about lunch next or the very next thing. But someone got on the elevator and I wasn't paying attention. I was, in, was thinking about later. But in that moment, I started to hear that woman crying. And I don't, I don't just mean sniffles. I mean she was bawling. That as she was wiping her eyes, I could see continuous tears coming down. And as I'm just kind of being wrapped up and realizing she's there, that as right as I was starting to think of like, what should I say to her? Or pray with her. Already the doors are open and she walked out. Peter stresses, Peter says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason, the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness, 
gentleness and respect. You see, I had an awesome opportunity. You see, I, I don't know why she was crying. And even though if we just said I even had 30 seconds with her on the elevator, I can tell you this, that I know God's word. And God's word said, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. That I know if anyone can be with her in that moment to lift her up, that is greater than her circumstances, is God. And I had a moment on the elevator, even 30 seconds. And if anyone knows me well enough, that, that God has impressed on me that many times when someone tells me a need, a concern, a a fear or a worry, I want to pray about it right then and there. I easily forget, but I want to call on God right then and there. But I'll tell you what, in that moment, I was distracted. In that moment, I missed an opportunity. And the truth is, is I could have stepped out with her. Even if I needed more than 30 seconds on the elevator, I could have stepped out with her. But I missed the opportunity. I needed a reset. I needed to clear my mind and be focused on the things of God. Be thinking of the spiritual things rather than the things of this world. I love that part where it says, always be prepared. Again, if you are choosing to follow God, this is not God asking. God is commanding. Always be prepared. That we should be looking for those opportunities. Jumping down to verse, verse 17, um, verse 16, I'm sorry, verse 16. Keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against you, uh, against um, you, your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. So again, as you are always prepared to give an answer, he's saying here that specifically... He says that to not worry about if someone says anything malicious against you. Mal, actually the the Latin root word for malicious, mal, means bad. And so if anyone's going to say anything bad about you, but if we have our eyes focused on God and all of our actions being sincere and gentle and respectful and out of love, that doesn't matter what anyone says. It's like if I said, if Miss Patricia right now, someone told me something terrible, spoke poorly of Miss Patricia, other than just being the outright shocked that someone would say that, the truth is, is I wouldn't believe it. I know many of you would, would, uh, would be appalled, but the truth is, is that those that know Miss Patricia knows how much she loves, how much that she is gifted as a caretaker, tear care, oh, I'm sorry, caretaker, as a caretaker, that, that not just how much she's loved you, but has even loved me and my family. I can can say this about many of you sitting in here. How you have loved and poured into me. I've seen you pour into students, poured into each other. That I'm so proud of our church family and how we love one another. And if someone spoke poorly, that honestly the truth is, is I would know. I would see through their lies. And actually God here even says, he says that they would be ashamed of their slander. Verse 17, for it is, better, it is better if it is God's will to suffer for doing good than doing evil. Again, Peter is reminding us, stressing it, that it's even better to suffer for doing good. Why? Why is he repeating this so much? It's because he brings it to Jesus. Verse 18, for Christ also suffered once for our sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. 
he put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. After being made alive, he went and made a proclamation to the imprisoned spirits, to those who were disobedient long ago, um, those that were waiting, uh, where God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built. And it was only for a few people, eight in all, were saved through water. And this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you uh, also, not the removal of dirt from your body, but the pledge of a clear conscience towards God. See, if you had a virus on your computer, if it was acting awful or had a, was not working at all, the technicians would probably tell you that you need to go to a hard reset. That means going back to, uh, back to factory settings, going back to the beginning, to what it was created for. You see, when you're even searching the internet or doing things like that, it's not just grabbing temporary data that you could download or somehow get what's called malware. Remember I told you mal, the Latin word, the Latin root word is bad. The malware is bad functions for your computer, for your device. And so God, at a time where the world was full of sin, he did a hard reset. He only kept eight people the time of Noah. He, he covered the whole world with water. Some of us might hear, might, been, might have uh, some malware in our lives. The scriptures uses the word sin. As I said, God calls us to be holy because we live in a fallen, broken world, a sinful world. We're actually born into sin. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And there's only one way that we can be saved. That is, that is what is, we would call a hard reset, to truly, fully surrender to God. That, As I said, that if we are willing to repent of our sins, we realize that we have sinned, there's sin in our lives. Do you understand that God says that the wages of sin is death? But if we're willing to ask God for forgiveness, why do we ask God? It's because of Jesus, what Jesus did. It's only through him. He suffered for us. When I say suffered, it's not just that we say that he died. Do you understand that he was whipped and beaten? He was insulted. He was spit on. That they, they made thorn, a crown of thorns to press on his head. That when he was on the cross, it wasn't a warm butterfly feeling. That it was suffering and pain and not just that he it says that he bore all of our sins it actually when Jesus died for our sins it actually says in scripture that it says he took away the sting of death there was even a sting before Jesus that's how much God loves us and you see God did a hard reset with Noah and now through Jesus we can be have a full reset putting away all malware, all sin in our lives if we choose to follow God. Today, you might have something in your life you've tried to get rid of multiple times. Maybe you struggle with. It could be an addiction. It could be temptation. It could be, have to do with relationships. 
Doesn't matter how high, how low, how big it feels or how hard it is. The truth is, is we can't save ourselves. But I can tell you what, just as that lady was in the elevator, even though I don't know your situation, I do know that we have a God that is greater that came to save you and me. It says here that to be baptized, he says that it, it says, uh, it says that it's not a removal of dirt from the body, but a pledge of a clear conscience towards God. If you've never been baptized, I want you to know that's out of obedience of God, the desire of baptism. That I want you to know that uh, we would love to celebrate with you, but it is an outward showing outwardly what God is doing inwardly. But it says it's not removal of dirt. It's not just being washed with water. It's actually when Jesus died, that it, it's a symbolism. When Jesus died, his body went into the tomb, but he didn't stay dead. When you go under the water, it's your old self. But when you come out through the power of the resurrection, you have a new life. When you come out of the water, it is the, the understanding, the clear conscience of going towards Christ, choosing to follow him. And so today's message is a very simple one. Do you need a reset? Have you been distracted lately? Has there been things going on that maybe it's a soft reset, maybe it's something that, maybe it's something that you realize that there's opportunities all around us and you haven't been focusing on it. As I said, as simple as restarting your phone can clear all the memory, that it's something that, that maybe it's just an opportunity right now to say, God, help me stay focused on you. Even as Peter walked across the water when Jesus said, come, it says that Peter lost focus in him and saw the winds and the waves and he sank. But it says that Jesus immediately reached him up. That when he said, Lord, save me, that if you're in the moment and you desire for God to follow after him, he will lift you up. And it doesn't say that Jesus carried him back to the boat, that he walked with Jesus on water back to the boat. That I want to be where Jesus is. If that's your desire this morning, that maybe it's just simply saying, God, I want to follow after you. Help me with looking for those opportunities where not to return evil for evil, but how to bless those around me. Maybe this morning you don't have a relationship with God. Maybe you can understand the reason for a hard reset, that a whole new heart. I want you to know I'm going to invite John to come up in just a minute. He's going to close us in a song. And if this morning you don't... If you don't need a reset, I encourage you just at this time to just praise God for what he is doing, what he's going to continue to do. But maybe you need a hard reset this morning. Maybe there's something in your life that you know is taking you away from God, that there's sin in your life. I want you to know that you have an opportunity this morning to give that to God. We have uh, altars here at the front and they're just a place. I want you to know this is a safe place for you to come for the Lord. But it's just an opportunity this morning that whether a soft reset or if you want to completely surrender everything to God, for God to create in you a new heart to, to you know, when you do a factory resetting, it's actually going all the way back to the beginning with the, what it was built for, going all the way back. Did you know that God, when he created us, he created us for good? He didn't create us to live in sin. 
And so it's bringing us back to that right relationship with God, creating us in a new heart so that we can walk in step with him. But I want you to know that these altars that are placed, altars have always, throughout Scripture, have been a place that we bring anything to God, whether it's praise or thankfulness or even sacrifice. That I want you to know that, that if you want to come and whatever you want to offer to God, and if that's asking God to forgive you, he will. But understand that that is not the end, but just the beginning of your walk with him. I want you to know that when you stand up from that altar, when you ask God to forgive you, that when he does a hard reset, that he creates a new heart, that he now is going to walk in step with you. That that's why God sent the Holy Spirit for us not to be alone, to follow. That God wants to walk with you every step when you go from here. I want to be honest with you, that God has called us to be his holy people. That maybe when you leave here, it's being at Walmart or waiting in line at a restaurant. It might be at your office tomorrow. It might be when you're driving to a sports game. There might be an opportunity that if we're not careful and distracted with all kinds of things, we could miss out of being God's holy people. So I encourage you now to stand with us and sing. And if anybody would like to come down, we have opportunities for you to come and to reset and focus on Christ.